broadcasting on the BBC to all points unknown. If you're within the sound of my voice, you're listening to Welcome Home Podcast on the BBC. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us on episode 21 of Welcome Home, a Disney Parks and Vacation Club podcast. I'm Tom. I'm here with Damon. And uh, unfortunately, Trevor can't make it uh, this episode. So it's just Damon and I right now. How were your holidays, Damon? They were good. Thank you. Yeah, they were good. I mean, besides the fact that I got the, you know, mutant mold Disney ornaments. Other than that, I'm good. The what? You don't know about the mold Disney ornaments from Costco? I do not know about this. See, and, and, and Nick, like I said, we were talking about him not being up on Disney news, right? Like, well, know, like, okay. So I should also <laughs> say that I should also say we do have a special guest with us today. So uh, we have Nick Cotton here from uh, DVC Resale Market. Uh, you know, I don't know those of you out there that are listening have uh, probably heard of his site. He is the leading uh, resale market out there. And uh, we're so fortunate to have Nick on today because Nick is a great resource for everything DVC, especially with the resale. So thank you so much for joining us, Nick. Yeah, guys, happy to be here. Thanks for having me on again. And uh, yeah, I know we got a little bit of news to talk about. Oh, yeah. How, how were your holidays, by the way? Did you have good holidays? Yeah, yeah, they were great. Uh, we, uh, we had uh, a quite, quite a great present. Uh, our, our baby boy was born on the 27th, two days after Christmas. And oh, so we've, wow. had, we've had a, uh, a very, very busy holiday. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's going to make gift giving very hard for you. <laughs> I, have I, a de- I have a son that's born in December as well. Good luck with that. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. We'll, we'll, we'll have to have like that, you know, the, that present under the tree that's got like, uh, you know, the non-Christmas wrapping on it. Make sure he it's, it's distinguished that this is for birthday. Yes, the, the do not open until way after Christmas present. Right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna side note this and just tell you by by having you know 14 years of that under my belt, what we actually ended up doing was <clears throat> for my son's birthdays we always take him to the bookstore you know and let him buy books something that's so far removed from what we would normally do for him on Christmas so that's kind of been our thing is the, you know hey it's your birthday it's in December Christmas is coming up but guess what we're gonna go to the bookstore buy yourself a bunch of books and that kind of gets them through the year so no good idea yeah I think we'll have to do something obvious yeah something that's, that's distinctly not Christmas for him that is especially because he's like that week between Christmas and New Year's where all <laughs> yes. the decorations are still up all the music's still playing so uh yeah we'll have to be very careful with that yeah so you see, we, we DVC, you know, welcome home always does something different. We 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 go on tangents every time we can, or at least I do. I try to tangent at every point possible. I think we, uh, yeah, we we are we are a very ADD show here, but that's okay. That's really great. Congratulations, uh, we're we're very happy for you. Uh, my big question is, uh, you know, when when the baby came home, did you say welcome home? You know, to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of welcome home. So, I mean, it, right. yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it, it was it was exciting, and uh, you know, and. It's uh, his big sister was awfully excited, and you know he's been introduced to Anna and Elsa about thirty-five times. So <laughs> that's funny. Uh, well, uh, thank you so much again for joining, Nick. Uh, we really wanted to have you on today, uh, you know, be- to talk about uh, kind of our first topic today, and that is that uh, DVC. And we're starting off with DVC today, which we try to most of the time. But uh, DVC direct purchase prices are increasing. And so 
I'll just kind of mention a couple different increases that are happening here, and, and some of you might have seen this. So, uh, some of the some of the resorts out there, uh, some of the villas and, and the DVC properties are actually uh, going up quite a bit. In fact, some of them are going over over two hundred dollars per point. Uh, so, for example, Grand Californian is going to be at two thirty five, going from one eighty five to two thirty five. Grand uh, Grand Floridian is going from one eighty five to two twenty. Uh, Polynesians going from 176 to 220. Uh, so there's some big rises here and all of them, you know, kind of the rest of them are around the 6% range, uh, you know, except for except for uh, Beach Club, it looks like they're going up. Not 6%, I guess. Uh, yeah, 6%. So and uh, some of them are going up a little bit more than that. And so we're... Uh, I'm reading this chart wrong. I'm sorry. Not 6%. Six percent. Six dollars per point, right, Nick? You could correct me. I'm Nick, <laughs> I don't, I, Nick, yeah, I don't even. Uh, yeah, that's right. You're, it, it's six. It's, it's six dollars a point. Yes. And so when you look at it, it's it's you know when you look at some of the newer properties that are going up like that amount, you're talking you know more like a three four percent price increase. Gotcha. Sorry, I was reading your. I saw one chart that had percentages, and your chart on your website has has the actual dollar amount. So. <laughs> So, Damon, were you going to say something? I, I don't know why we keep you around. That's actually what I was going to say. But you know, I that, mean, I, I, I don't know why either. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but so, Nick, we wanted to talk to you about this because I, I feel like this is going to have a pretty large impact on the resale market with these price ch- uh, changes. Uh, you know, especially with some of these going over two hundred dollars a point, that is a, a very large increase for a lot of these. And and so I was curious, just kind of some of the different things, some of the different ways that this is going to affect resale. And uh, you know, does this make resale an even more attractive option? So would love to hear your thoughts about it. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, thank you. Um, you know, I think uh, what what you'll see in the resale market is is when direct prices increase like this. You know, they, they it's like a it's, you know, it's like a switch is going to be flipped on the 17th. Uh, you know, $50 point increase for Grand California and 35 for Grand Floridian, 44 point increase for Polynesian. But, you know, what you're going to see in the resale market, you know, what we typically see with, with price increases is, is nothing that instantaneous. Uh, but what, what you probably will see, and what we've already seen is even since the announcement, is the inventory starts to shrink up, um, uh, especially for those ones that are going to have significant increases. We've definitely seen a shrinking of the Grand California. Uh, the Grand Floridian inventory specifically. And then as inventory shrinks up for those properties, uh, naturally the price does rise. Uh, you know, will we see, you know, for example, in 2018, um, Grand Floridians go up $35 a point on the resale market? Probably not. You know, it's, it's probably not going to, you know, feel the full effect of the direct price increase, but certainly it, it will impact it. And, and over time, especially when you look at, especially this time of year for it to happen, because we're in peak planning season. You know, a few days after Christmas, all the way up until April is peak planning season uh, for for all of Disney. And so the Disney Reservation Center gets impacted. Uh, Disney Vacation Club, especially on the phone, telesales department gets impacted, and certainly the resales get impacted. So you're talking about, in general, a busy time of year for buyers anyway. Um, and then you've got this price increase announcement coming, so uh, or this price increase coming, so it's going to impact it. Uh, I, I think you'll see some inventory shrink up over the next few months, and then I think uh, you know you will see some prices go up. Not again, not as much as you know. Uh, I don't think you will see it as much magnitude as the direct, but but you will you will feel some of it for sure. And Nick, have you seen this before? Like, has, have you seen increases like this before, or was this something that was you know even a little bit uh, sticker shock to you? Uh, we have. I've never seen one this big um you know when you're talking about like grand california was the most extreme at 50 dollars a point increase never seen one that big 
you know, we've seen some um, that were, uh, you know, $15, maybe $20 a point, you know, um, you know, especially on sold out inventory. And, and just to clarify what that means to the audience, some I'm, I'm sure many know, some may not know, but sold out inventory is inventory that's, you know, for example, uh, would be like a Grand California and it would be a boardwalk. It would be something that the developer, Disney Vacation Development, has sold out of at some point in time. And, and and now it's considered sold out. Now, that doesn't mean that they can't ever sell those points again. They can get them back and, and, and write a first refusal buybacks. They can get them back in a foreclosure situation, uh, and they can resell them. But it's not live inventory anymore to them. It's, it's still considered a sold-out property that they may just have a limited amount of inventory on. The live product is going to be something right now like a Copper Creek, Polynesian for maybe, who knows, a few more weeks, uh, and then Alani. So those are, those are the live uh, properties they have. Um, so we have seen some larger price increases before on historically sold out properties. Nothing of this magnitude. Um, it, it, it's not terribly surprising that they may take such a high price increase on some of those properties. Um, and, and I say that just because what those properties like Grand California, Grand Floridian, uh, Polynesian resell for is 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 not wasn't an enormous gap between what even the direct prices were. And so we didn't really see a lot of buybacks with those properties. Now that could potentially change a little bit, you know, as they've raised that price, um, you know, so significantly. I think the other part about it for them that does play as, as, a, as an advantage for, for direct is that when they have the products like Grand California and Floridian and Polynesian that are over $200 a point, it also in turn makes the live product look more attractive in comparison you know, when you look at the prices of a Copper Creek or an Alani, that'll be around 182. Um, in comparison, it'll certainly make them look better. Yeah, that is interesting. I didn't really think about that, especially since they have <clears throat> the new one that you know they keep talking about. And I had kind of told the guys that you know I was being told that that was going to be over two hundred dollars a point um, when it when it finally was finished. The one of Caribbean, which the name's eluding me again, Tom. Riviera. Thank you. Uh, you know, when that's what I was I'm here for. You, you were asking why I'm here. That's why. That, that's exactly. Well, normally that <laughs> would be go, Trevor. <laughs> normally that would be Trevor. So yes, that's glad that you're filling in for him for that. Uh, so <laughs> I, I guess Nick, the, the other question that that I would kind of have for you is, <clears throat> you know, does this does this normally? And again, I'm asking this actually. Maybe even Tom can answer this. Does this normally change a reshuffling? of points for stays at these places as well or usually not? No, it, it shouldn't change anything to do with availability. I've been asked that a few times as well, and, and that won't be impacted. You know, even when a resort sells out, it really doesn't significantly change the availability because, like, for example, let's use Polynesian that's, that's currently in, in going into a, a, a final sellout mode. Well, even over the past, you know, year or two, you know, since the resort's been fully developed, well, Disney owned – Whatever, whatever they, whatever was not sold, they own, and you know they can do what they want to with what they own. So they, they would rent, they naturally would rent it out. So that availability, you know, is it, still going to stay consistent. Uh, so that's not going to change, you know, with these price changes. Um, so that that should, you know, people should, you know, shouldn't feel like they're going to get impacted by that. Okay, you, you that's had, definitely good to know. Yeah, and you had mentioned buybacks, Nick. Could you mention a little bit about that? About what you mean by buyback? Because some of our listeners might not know. And 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 how does that really affect? How does this really affect those buybacks from Disney? I, I, I was wondering if you get into that a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. So whenever a contract is sold in the resale market, it's submitted to Disney. They have a third, up to thirty days 
and what is called the right of first refusal to decide if they want to purchase it back at the same terms. Um, now, if you go to our website, dvcresellmarket.com, and you go to our blog section, each month we publish every contract that was purchased back. So when you go to, like, for example, especially our, our December one, it's going to have a summary of everything that was bought back for the whole year. And when you look at that, those buybacks, you're going to see, like, for example, there was 53 contracts bought back that were Saratoga Springs. Uh, that was the most of any resort. And then when you look at some of the uh, other, like when you look at some of the ones that had significant price increases, Grand Floridian, we had one buyback the whole year. We had zero for Grand Californian, and we had zero for Polynesian. And, you know, part of a big reason for that is, you know, when you think of Disney buying these back, you know, obviously – you know, they're going to look at their best financial opportunity. And if they can buy back a Saratoga Springs, let's say around $85 a point and resell it at $145 a point, you know, that's a, you know, you're talking about them making a $60 a point spread on a basis that costs them about $85. Um, so, you know, that's a significant return. When you look at something, let's say Grand Floridian, and let's say with their current price before this price increase, they're talking they, – they resell it at 185 Well, Grand Floridian may typically sell on the resale market at about 140 145 So now you're talking about a $40 a point return on a $145 a point investment. So you can see how much that return on investment can be very different. You know, when you're talking 60 on 85 you know, you're talking about, you know, about 70% uh, versus, you know, we're talking then, you know, 40 on 145 you know, maybe 28%. So, so certainly you can see why it's much more attractive for them to, you know, to look at something like a Saratoga Springs or Old Key West or Animal Kingdom for a buyback. Now, you know, with this price increase, now you're saying, okay, if they can still purchase back the Grand Floridian, you know, around the 140s, resell it at 220, the, 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 the dynamics of what they could potentially make could change. Now, granted, if they do start buying them back, you know, at prices that Grand Floridian has traditionally been selling for, then obviously that's going to that's going to tighten inventory a little bit, and you probably that would also contribute to an increase in, in resale pricing. Um, you know, trying to avoid you know getting bought, bought back. So, so I have a question. When I was actually on my cruise, you know, we sat down with the DVC people just because you know you're on a cruise. They have a little bit of a they they have your audience, let's say, for a little while, and we were kind of chit chatting about sure, sure. you know I own at Saratoga, and I was like, you know. Well, you know, do you have 50 points floating around? And, you know, they make their calls and they're like, no. So, you know, but we can put you on the wait list and when we come up with 50 points, then we'll, you know, give you a holler and then you'll have like, I mean, you're under a time constraint to make that, that, you know, choice if you want them or not. So I was just wondering like how well you know that back end. So like if someone's asking for something, does that change the way Disney buys back or do they just kind of buy back on whatever schedule they have? And if someone's asking, they just kind of wait them out. I just didn't know if you knew too much about that because I was surprised. Like I said, it took them a fair amount of time to get back to me at least over a month to find 50 points for Saratoga for me, which I did not take because, again, I'm coming to you when I need 50 more points. Um, but I was just curious at, like, kind of how that works, if you know how the back end of that works at all. Yeah, yeah. No, no, appreciate it. Um, so, so it, it's, you know, with their buybacks, it's going to be on a little bit more of a macro picture, um, you know, but if they have a lot of people, for example, uh, looking to buy Saratoga, um, certainly that would impact their buying decisions, um, you know, but it's also not necessarily just a matter of how many are, are you, you know, necessarily you specifically, for example, 
when I was there working direct, I mean, we had it, about, gosh, a two to three year wait list for Grand California. Now, two to three years is, is a long wait list. I mean, it, it went on for pages and pages um, of people looking for different things for Grand California. But so it's not that they don't have the opportunities to buy back, but it's also they have to look at it from a business perspective of, you know, if we buy this back, you know, what's our highest and best use of the money? You know, uh, if we all have if we also have people waiting for Saratoga and it, it's got a better return on investment, maybe not. It's not as in demand kind of, um, you know, but the, but there are people there. You know, it's, it's logical that they're going to go for that first. Uh, you know, just like any of us, if we have an opportunity to, you know, to purchase a stock that, you know, everybody's saying it's going to go up 30 percent and the other one, you know, everybody's saying it's going to go up 5 percent. We're going to put your, you know, and this is not even a speculation. This is like I already have a credit card on file for it. So it's 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 pretty secure. Um, so uh, so, you know, they're they're, they're going to do, you know, they're going to make macro business decisions. Uh, but certainly, you know, if they get a lot of people coming in for Saratoga like yourself, certainly that would affect, you know, what they're looking to buy back, especially if the margins on it are, are strong. Um, Saratoga specifically, they, they certainly traditionally have been strong, you know, uh, uh, based on the cost basis of what they can get it back for in um, on the resale market. So one of the things that they were kind of trying to sell me on and again, <clears throat> you know, was the price of staying with 50 point Saratoga versus you know, buying out the new points, 50 points at, let's say, Copper Creek or something that had a longer end date. And, you know, kind of the argument was, is, hey, you're going to spend X couple thousands of dollars more, but you get, you know, X more years, you know, in the in the system. But really, I was only getting X more years at, let's say, 50 points. I'm still going to end up losing, you know, my hundred and I don't even know what I have. 170? Yeah, 170 points at Saratoga will obviously end before my, you know, if I did end up buying, you know, Copper Creek, let's say. So tell me like what your thought process is for someone that already owns, let's say at a, you know, at a resort and then they want to make a secondary like myself purchase of, you know, 50 more points. Do you try to steer them towards the same, you know, place that they already at? And, And let's leave out the 11 month booking window because I don't know if Tom's told you I'm really lucky with like getting whatever I want for DVC because it must just be when I travel or I'm just a lucky person. I don't know. So leaving he he that even, part he aside. He doesn't even plan ahead or anything. I he don't just, plan ahead at all. last minute. I don't even know how he does Always it. Always last minute. But let, you know, leaving that 11-month window out, what are your thoughts on that? Like what do you normally try to steer people towards? Yeah, absolutely. Well, let me, let me give the answer both ways because um, there's going to be people just like you that are going to say the 11-month window, I don't, I don't use it. And there's going to be people who say, I use it all the time. So, um, so for the people who don't use it, um, you know, what they presented to you was certainly very valid um, because because was really what it comes down then to is a very much an economic play. Because if you're not using the home resort priority window, all, re- all points are points, right? Everything's equal. So then it comes down to, okay, well, what makes the most economic sense for me? So then what you would want to do is you basically say, okay, I got three components of economics. I've got how many years are left on it. Uh, I've got the dues and I've got the price per point. Certainly, you know, what they're going to, what, what they were, you know, um, really, uh, you know, talking to you, focusing on you with was the years left. And that's certainly one of the three key components of economic value. Um, and, and if you're not a home resort priority booker, uh, certainly, you know, that's what you're going to want to focus on. So when it comes to somebody who is is not focused on home resort priority, and doesn't believe that they're going to need it based on the time of year they travel, then going to a different home resort is, is obviously going to be less of a big deal and less life changes. 
and all of a sudden you needed that home resort priority. Maybe you started going to it in a busier time of year, uh, or you know, or you wanted to become more of a planner. Um, but um, assuming it's just an economic choice, you know, typically in the world of resale, um, historically Saratoga Springs is, is going to be your strongest bet when you look at a combination of years, dues, um, and price. Uh, you know, where Copper Creek would hurt you a little bit, obviously with the economics. Obviously, if it's direct, the price per point is going to be, uh, you know, much more. Uh, but also, you know, the dues are going to be a, they're they're a bit higher there as well. Uh, you know, uh, when we look at Copper Creek, we're a little over seven dollars a point. You know, you compare that to a Saratoga Springs, you know, we're just shy of six dollars a point at five eighty six a point. Um, so 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 that's what I would say for somebody who is not necessarily worried about that home resort priority window or never even uses it. Getting a different resort is not necessarily a big deal. Uh, I would really focus on the economics of what you're purchasing. Now, if you're somebody that would look at the home resort priority, you might book in that seven to eleven month window. This becomes a much bigger, uh, much bigger deal because then you have to ask yourself, okay, so let's say you know a half fifty points um, at a particular resort, um, and you're looking to add on maybe fifty more. Um, it, it, you know, the big question would be first off. Sometimes that you know where where I go with guests is you know is the fifty points at the resort you have is that the resort you want to be at because sometimes people are like no I, I always wanted to uh, you know have points at Boardwalk and so it, the, the the better answer may be well to sell what you have and then let's go buy hundred points at Boardwalk um, if somebody says to you know that no I, I like the I like the place I have um, and I actually uh, but I just need you know more I need to do a longer stay there I need to do a bigger room then clearly the answer is you know add on to the resort you have. Uh, you know, the other option could be if somebody says, well, you know, I got 50 points um, and it, it's sufficient for the home, you know, the, the amount of stay that I do at this resort. But, you know, we also like to do a husband and wife trip during food and wine season and we'd love to be at Beach Club or Boardwalk or something like that. Well, then, you know, maybe we add on 50 points there to do a couple nights in a studio or something like that. So, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it, you know, the what we do, it's a very customized approach. Uh, there's definitely not a one size fits all. And, you know, that's why one of the most important roles that we have is really listening um, to who we have in front of us. Um, just like, you know, for your situation, you know, uh, if I was talking, you know, if we were having this conversation, uh, you were looking at on certainly, you know, we'd probably go Saratoga Springs. I mean, it sounds like, the you know, the economics is going to be, you know, the best solution for you. Yeah, and again, I think that's probably where I'm leaning as well. It's just a matter of coming up with that that money, but obviously less money than if I was buying direct. So that's always a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it can it, 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 it can definitely save you some money. I mean, especially too, if you know, you know, I mean, and and you mentioned it earlier. I mean, of, of the three parts of economics, Copper Creek is going to win out in years, but it's going to be years you have just on those fifty points. So you know, it's it's some it's an economic factor that won't play a part for for, for some time. Yes, that's definitely true. So I have another question that I'm just wondering if it's something, you know, you come across in some of your research these days, because as as we were kind of chatting one day, I think the the time of years that are the busiest has kind of changed from what we were used to, let's say, even just five years ago. I know that, you know, we have a lot of people that are, you know, maybe complaining a little bit more, you know, for DVC about not getting rooms or not getting what they want based on the time of year that were notoriously not very busy. So, I mean, have you seen a shift 
you know, in DVC in the time of years that have been, you know, booked and kind of like when you're talking to people, you know, because I guess you're asking like when they are going to travel. Like, have you seen that kind of change a little bit and kind of like maybe have more times that are busier or, you know, different times that are not busy? I was just kind of curious about that. Um, You know, yeah, I would say probably one of the biggest impacts I've seen is to the fall season. Um, You know, it's so funny when I started at Disney in general back in 2004, 13 years ago, um, it it was just, uh, it was very quiet. I mean, you know, it was, you had a little bit of a food and wine crowd, not too, not really a whole lot. Uh, Mickey's uh, not so scary, uh, was super easy to get into. uh, So was very merry. Um, And, you know, it's, you know, kudos to Disney. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's brilliant marketing and, and they, they, you know, took a, what was traditionally slower times early December um, uh, September, October, and, and they've turned them into juggernauts. I mean, you know, now those times of the year, uh, it's, it, it's certainly no Easter week. It's no Christmas week, but it's, it's busy. Um, I would say that's where I've seen some of the biggest impact. And I think as a DVC member, we tend to see these impacts a little bit sooner because as DVC members, we tend to be a little savvier. You know, we've, you know, as DVC members, We've been, you know, we feel like we've invested in Disney. You know, we've we've bought property. We own real estate, you know, into Disney. We own a piece of the magic, and we're a little savvier. We keep up with the things a little bit more, and and um, and so you know, no surprise that you know, uh, you know, DVC members realize pretty quickly that you know, early early mid December, Christmas decorations are up. Weather's nice. I can go to Mickey's very merry, and it becomes very popular. Um, and I think um, a, a little bit of a, a of a lag. Behind then is 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 then the other audience, you know, maybe not DVC members, but they're, you know, but but they but they love Disney, and then you know they're they're coming too, and I, so I think you know I, I think DVC members feel the impact a little bit sooner, but I think everybody uh, eventually feels it, and you know Disney's really plug plugging away at those times that were historically a little more quiet, and you know they're they've expanded their offerings. I mean, you know, also the uh, the Flower and Garden Festival, um, you know, it kind of used to be you know, kind of very quiet. I mean, you know, uh, I, I remember uh, my wife and I were staying at the beach club for uh, for a little trip in May, which I, I, we don't we don't own a beach club. Uh, but uh, but but now I can't imagine us getting like kind of a last minute stay. In May. I'm not sure with with the flower and garden festival. And we just kind of walked right into Epcot. It was kind of quiet and everything like that, uh, you know. And uh, and so it's just I, I would say some of those times of the year, uh, that were historically quiet have gotten busier, and it's you know it's it's no accident. I mean, Disney's certainly strategically um, doing certain events at certain times of the year to make that happen. Now, do you think that? I mean, for for your own self, again, this is more opinion question. I mean, how how much DVC can they support? Right. So we're talking about Riviera coming. You know, and it's not like. It's not like other things where, you know, hey, they're closing down, you know, my favorite ride, Ellen, to put in Stupid Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Like, you're talking about just adding more DVC, really not subtracting anywhere else. I mean, is there going to be a point where, you know, DVC is kind of like, well, you know, why do I want DVC? There's so much of it out there, it doesn't make sense anymore. Well, I think the balance will always be what my what my cost alternative is to go to Disney. Um, and, you know... Um, because Disney has its popularity is so strong and why they have not added a major theme park um, in, in a long time, in the longest stretch they've ever had, in fact, um, in the history of Disney World, they have done things to certainly 
um, strongly enhance the parts they have um, and, and really make a strong effort and um, new attractions um, and things like that. So the popularity continues to, to, to rise. And, you know, as long as those room rates, uh, when you compare it against the value of owning DVC, uh, it, it, the economics work out, you know, I think they can certainly continue to, con, um, to add and, and build to the program. Um, and the good news for that is when they do add, you know, when they add the Riviera and stuff like that, you know, it, it adds to the portfolio that we as members have to choose from, which is which is really cool because, you know, when you when you join, you know, there's a certain amount of resorts. Um, you know, I, when I first joined, gosh, I think uh, maybe we had like there was, you know, maybe eight options uh, and, and now there's 14. Um, and so, you know, that, that's something that you, you know, you go into never expecting. You know, when I joined, I had no idea there would be a Riviera. I had no idea, you know, there would be a Grand Floridian, um, Polynesian. And so, so you know, I think you have to also look at the positive with that, is that there's there's new selection for you, new offerings. And I think, you know, they can keep going as long as the economics work, as long as, you know, it's 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 going to be a, a very um, strong financial alternative um, to, to just paying cash. Yeah, Tom, I, have we ever asked Nick what his favorite resort is? We haven't. We haven't. No, I, I do have another question for him. But yeah, that's a good. That's a good question. What What is your favorite resort to stay at, Nick? Um, I'd probably say you know my favorite area. And, and again, this it, it, it for me it really can depend on the trip. You know, and you know we have kids that obviously can influence things as well. But if I'd say you know my favorite area is probably the Epcot area. Um, so I, I would have to go. I, I'm an owner of Boardwalk. Uh, so uh, I, I'm a little partial, I guess, there. But I would say Boardwalk or Beach Club would probably be, you know, my top two. Great. No, I love Boardwalk. Wait, Damon, Damon actually said it's his new favorite resort after he it stayed is. there last time. So I loved it. I think I really did. <laughs> Here, here's a question for you, Nick. So all this stuff going on, you know, I've seen when I see see all this posted on the Disney groups, I feel like a lot of the DVC members feel like this is a negative thing that's happening. Do you feel like this is a positive thing for owners or a negative thing? Um, you, you're, you're talking about now. I'm sorry. Are you talking about the price increase or the yeah the, the price Riviera? increase? Okay, I'm sorry. Okay. The price increase. Yeah. Um, you know, I, well, I would say certainly for owners. Gosh, I mean, uh, there's there's certainly something positive to be uh, uh, looked at from this. I mean, anytime you own something and the price of it is increasing, I mean, at the end of the day, that that's that's definitely good. Um, you know, not that DVC is an investment. No, no timeshare is, but. You know, if you own the stock and it goes up, that's that's a good thing. Um, now, I can see where some people could look at it negative to say, well, geez, you know, geez, I wanted to add on to this eventually, too. You know, uh, maybe I, I joined with 150, but my plan was to eventually get up to 300, and this is going to make it that much harder. Uh, I totally understand that. Um, you know, that's uh, that, you know, uh, that that's that's certainly going to be, you know, a reality. It, it could be a little bit more expensive. However, you know, the good news for that is there's the resale market. And like I said, you know, towards the beginning of, of the conversation about the price increase, even though the developer in Disney, you know, can, you know, is increasing the prices, you know, over $200 a point, doesn't mean that resale is going to react that fast or in that magnitude. It will react. It will adjust. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but it, it won't happen overnight um, and it won't happen in that magnitude. And, you know, my advice, too, to anybody out there that's, you know, thinking at some point I wanted to add on, you know, I would say I would consider doing it sooner versus later. I mean, uh, you know, whether it be, you know, whether it be direct or uh, certainly especially with resale, uh, I will tell you with resale uh, right now, the prices uh, for a lot of these resorts have maybe just gone up just a little bit since the announcement, but they haven't gone up tremendously. 
But what does happen this time of year is, we, is we're in peak buying season is inventory shrinks up. And especially with news like this, it will continue to shrink up uh, and then prices will gradually rise. Um, and then even if they don't go up significantly, certainly your selection gets a lot more limited. Um, so just something else to consider, um, you know, but it, it's also, it's good news for sellers. You know, if, if, you know, if you, if you were thinking about maybe, uh, you know, I, I talked on the, the other day with a, with a lady who owns Grand Floridian and she, this is a perfect time for her to also sell it because, you know, now she can get, um, good value out of it as much as she bought it for. And it's just not the right resort for her. You know, they, you know, they, they, they were talking to me and they're just like, you know, it's just not us. And there's nothing wrong. You know, she's like, there's nothing wrong with that resort. It's a beautiful resort. It's just not us. And so, you know, it was a, it was an easy game plan to say, okay, look, we could sell, you know, the, the 50 points you have there. And then we could look to buy the hundred points you want at, at Wilderness Lodge, um, which is, which is where you, you know, you guys want to be. Um, so, so for a lot of owners, it's also a positive, um, you know, and it's allowing them to, uh, you know, maybe make a switch that they always wanted to do. That's great. Well, we, we got to let you go, Nick. We, we appreciate all your time. I, I know you uh, had some limited time with us today, but Damon, yes. do you have anything else before? No, I just want to say, like I said, thank you very much. And, and, and Nick, we're in the process of, of moving ourselves um, just in our regular house. So that's what we're kind of been waiting on. It's always a good time to purchase points when you have, you know, cash lying around. So feel understand that once my house gets sold, I will be coming to you and we will be documenting that process on our podcast of purchasing points. And I think that will be fun. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. I look forward to helping you out and I uh, look forward to uh, being documented here. Yeah. And, <laughs> I appreciate and, it. And Nick, if you could tell everyone where uh, people can find you uh, to, to check out resale, if they, and you, and you guys, you'll, you'll list contracts that people want to sell. And also you also help people buy those contracts too, right? So it's buying and selling, right? That's correct. Um, so yeah, whether you're in the market, you're, even if you're, you know, even thinking about selling or even you're curious to what your contract's worth, definitely visit our site. Uh, we even have um, a patent pending uh, value estimator tool in there where you can put in the contract you have. But in, before you even talk to somebody, get get at least a uh, an automated um, answer with instantly on what your contract, you know, we would recommend listening for. Uh, so it's dvcresellmarket.com. Uh, again, that's dvcresellmarket.com. Uh, um, and for buyers, you know, right now we have almost 200 listings. So there's a very strong selection of listings right now. Uh, but what? Uh, but I would tell you probably by the time we get to late May, that that 200 will probably be tightened down to about 60 or 70 listings. Last year in 2017, we started 2017 with almost 400 active listings. By the time we got through with summer, we were down to less than 50 active listings. So it's, you know, uh, for buyers, definitely, uh, if you want the best selection, I would say certainly come visit our site sooner versus later. Um, and if you want to speak to us on the phone, uh, we'd love to talk to you on the phone as well. We're open seven days a week, and our number is 1-844-DVC-PROS. Again, that's 1-844-DVC-PROS, 1-844-382-7767. That is great. And we, we can't tell you enough how much we appreciate you coming on here. You know way more about this stuff than we do. So uh, we appreciate your expertise and, uh, and you coming on uh, to tell us all about this because uh, I think it's a, an interesting topic that a lot of our listeners will be interested in hearing about because it is one of those things that is on everybody's mind right now. So, Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks again for having me, guys. Much appreciated. Yeah. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate hey, it. Nick. Well, it was really mm -hmm. great to have Nick on. Uh, I, yep. I swear that we could probably bring Nick on here like 
every week and learn something new. <laughs> or I think actually uh, not having Trevor and having Nick worked out as well. So yeah, yeah, no, for sure. It was it was really great to have Nick on here, and I mean, it's a really timely topic too because of you know all of the course. different things that are going on uh, with DVC at the moment and and some of the different uh, you know things that are changing. So. Uh, yeah, so we're gonna we talked about that. We talked about DVC for a while there, but there's there are a couple other topics, Damon. I don't know if you saw any of these. About I the, see them all. You've seen I them see all. Them all. So the new security procedures in place at WDW. I saw this floating around a lot, um, and some people were concerned about it. Um, but basically, for those that don't know, uh, they are Disney's replacing all the do not disturb signs in rooms with room occupied signs. And the reason for this is because they are actually, uh, it's a new policy where cast members are actually going to enter the every room once a day. Um, in theory. Yeah, I mean, we you assume that they're going to, yeah, <laughs> in theory. Um, and on, this is unfortunately, it seems like it's in response to, uh, you know, some of the incidents that have happened recently um, with hotels, you know, and, and uh, security. So what were you going to say, Damon? I'm sorry. I know. I was just going to say, I, you know, I, I think that people are getting a little crazy about this because I think that while the policy allows them to enter once a day, I don't know if that's what we'll see. I think that it's more of a detriment that they, it's more of a deterrent that they will be able to come in rather than it happening every day is my thought. I could be wrong about that, but that's kind of my thought, right? You have to set a policy in place that says you can do something rather than you're going to do something in case you need to do something, if that all makes sense. No, that makes total sense. And and that could absolutely be the case with this. Uh, and, and I mean, they do say on the do not, uh, well, not on the uh, on the room occupied signs. They do say on them that uh, they have the right to come in, even if you have the sign out too. So, I, I mean, I think it's I think anytime they do anything for safety, whether it's you know a deterrent like you're saying, or if it's an actual real safety, not that this isn't a real safety thing, but anytime they do anything like this, I'm okay with it. I mean, I think most people during the day are not in their rooms anyway. You know, the the only thing that I'm going to say is there there's two specific scenarios that, that could be, um, you know, th- this could be an issue with. And I guess that's sleeping children, right? And yeah. I- I'm just going to keep it child safe and say, you know, if you're on your honeymoon. Um, <laughs> well, though, you still have the bar so they can't come in. You know, you could still. You do still have the bar. Um, but but I think what's going to happen is, is that they're going to like, hey, if you throw this up for like two days, yeah, they're going to come make a visit. But I think if you're kind of using it, you know, as normal people would use it, which is, you know, a couple hours one day and an hour this day. I, I think that you're going to be okay. I, obviously, I cannot speak for that, but that's just kind of what I feel like. Now, yeah. I know I've been to Disney and I've passed some rooms that have had that sign out for probably a full stay. week. Yeah, <laughs> the entire stay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and I could see where they want to kind of see what's going on there. So yeah, it's understandable. I'm okay with this too. I I don't have a problem with this. Again. I'm not worried about the first one, and the second one is also infrequent enough that I'm not worried about it either. So I'm okay. I feel uh, like I'm okay. When you're traveling with three kids that are over the age of That's eight, not going to happen. <laughs> neither one of them is probably going to happen. So I'm okay with that. Read between the lines, everyone. <laughs> no, anyway, um, so having to do with this, too, actually, is DVC. All the DVC resorts are now going to have daily trash removal yes, service. and we are super happy about this. Yes. Well, you have a bigger family, so you guys probably generate this a decent a amount of trash. This is a huge thing for us. Huge. You know, we actually were having this discussion 
before this came out, right? Um, we just happened to be chit-chatting about DVC as we, you know, sometimes do at home, not all the time, but sometimes. And that was kind of one of the things that we were talking about is that, you know, man, like I just wish there was more, you know, trash service in particular, because as you said, we do generate a fair amount of trash where you know we have cleaning people at home when you're on vacation you don't <laughs> want to lose that right like you exactly. want to gain that so i thought that the length of time in between them coming was a problem for mm-hmm. us in particular with three messy kids a messy father and a very clean wife so the very clean wife would always be upset because the place was always messy while the four other people could care less about the messiness so th- this is good i i would agree now the question is if you don't want it every day, are they going to give you anything back like they were planning or, you know, with some of the other places, non-DVC or no? Well, I think it's because it's just trash and they're not going to be doing anything else as far as I can tell. Probably not. I would. Think. And these these things are probably related. Yes. So, you know, that makes That's sense. Yeah. And, you know, they, they found a good way to kind of check on you once a day. With daily yes. trash removal. Exactly. We need to remove your trash. So we got to come into your room and look around a little bit while we remove your trash, right? <laughs> so. And I'm okay. And I don't think there's even any looking around. I mean, it's just making sure you don't have that big box that's labeled whatever. Yeah, <laughs> something suspicious. Yes. Yeah. I, I think yeah. that's more likely. So I'm, I'm okay with this too. I also think it's really good too because, you know, one of the things I always see that DVC members complaining about is people leaving their trash in the hallway. Well, first of all, that's just rude. It in, is. In general. It is. Um, but yes, maybe this means. Well, and you know what? Let me let me rethink that a second. So while it is rude, <clears throat> this is what I will say: if you're not getting trash pickup every day, what are you really supposed to do with it? Well, most. Of, I mean, I think all of the resorts do have a trash room, like a room where you can. There's like you know a place to put your trash, but I, they don't tell you where that is when you check in. You just have to kind of find it. So you kind of have to you know wander around with trash pretty much yeah so (laughs) that's why like i said you know while i I do consider that rude uh you know maybe this will like you said help alleviate that which is always a good thing i I would think it would and i i mean i don't know how many people are doing it you know putting trash in the hallway that are meaning to be rude about it it's probably more that they just don't know where to put it right like you were saying could be they don't know what to do with it i mean as dvc members we only get the the housekeeping every fourth day so you know a lot of trash can build up over four days now (laughs) Not for me, because we don't just generate a lot of trash. But like you said, I mean, a family of your size, I could totally see you having a lot of trash. So Exactly. So this is a good thing. I, I think it's a good thing. Even if it's, you know, a guise to just come into your room, uh, you know, to check in, I, I still think it's not a bad thing. I, I It's always good to have more service than less, I think, I personally. Agree. So. And this one I thought was interesting. Uh, you know, the guaranteed weeks for Run Disney events. Did, I don't know if you saw anything about this, but I thought I it was did. interesting. Uh, yeah. I did not think it was interesting. I think that why should runners have any sort of preference to anything? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't... So, here's the thing. I, I don't know... I'm a Beverly drinker. Does that mean that I get, you know, Epcot, you know, <laughs> extra Epcot because, you know, I'm a certified Beverly drinker? I No, but I mean, but why do you drink Beverly? Beverly's disgusting. It's, <laughs> no one likes Beverly. No, they don't. But again... <laughs> I was giving myself a very cool title there, but oh, okay. I, I, I get like I, I get why they're doing it, but it's a preference for I don't know. There's a lot of events that go on. Um, why this one was singled out, I don't know. Uh, again, these things don't usually impact me all that much, so I tend not to care. Yeah, but 
I don't know. I, well, it's, and those who don't know, maybe I should explain this. Uh, so, uh, DVC announced that they were they're offering a guarant what's called a guaranteed week. They've done this in the past, but not, this is they're doing a specific thing now, where it's for people that do the run Disney events. So those that do the the Disney marathons and the five Ks, the ten Ks, all those different things. Uh, basically, you can buy a guaranteed week that you can have every year. So if you're wanting to do, you know, whatever race it is, the princess half marathon. And by the way, if anybody writes in and tells me that there's no such thing as a princess half marathon, I don't care. Um, <laughs> so go ahead and correct me. That's fine. I, I it's you know, I'm sure there's one uh, called that of some sort. So anyway, you buy a week. And you have guaranteed access to that week every year. You get early registration to the races. Uh, it's only for Copper Creek. So really, I see this as just another way for them to sell some Copper Creek. You know, it's just a promotional thing in my mind. Yeah, could be. Yeah, but it, it's it's kind of an interesting thing when they do the guaranteed weeks. I, I don't think they've done it all that recently. Um, they used to do it a lot more often. But, uh, you know, it, it's it's an interesting idea. But I, I, I can't imagine it's going to be, like, crazy hugely popular. Because I can't see anybody buying a timeshare just to have a guaranteed week to go to marathons. But then who you, knows? Then you, then you don't know too many runners then. No, I, you know what? That's a good point because every runner <laughs> I know is obsessed with running. So Exactly. And, and I, I probably am the person with the, you know, with the, the sticker on the back of my car that says 0.0, I don't run. You know, have you ever seen yeah, those? <laughs> I have. Yeah, that's, that's, that's basically me. I don't run. So, you know, that, it's, that doesn't appeal to me, but I'm sure it will appeal to some runners out there. So I just yep. thought that was interesting. Anyway. So we talked a couple weeks ago about actually this is probably two shows ago now I think we first brought this up because this was rumor maybe back in November October time frame uh, that Disney was going to be start offering a 60 day fast pass window to select good neighbor hotels. So we at the time presented it as rumor because it wasn't announced yet. Disney's officially announced it. What I think is interesting about this is that Disney specifically said that it will only be available for 2018. And what I think is interesting about that is I'm wondering if Disney's just doing this as a way to... And and actually, I think this is exactly what they're doing because I, I took some Disney travel agency training today and they made it very much seem like this is the, the reason why, is that there's some there's a lot of hotels under refurbishment right now. They I mean, Caribbean Beach is a total train wreck at the moment. Uh, you know, they're building new buildings for... You know, they're building the Riviera. They're building other hotel rooms. I think that they feel like there's going to be a lot more people coming in to see Toy Story Land and they're going to not have as much hotel inventory as they want. And so this is a way for them to still get people to the parks, but also make those other hotels attractive when they don't really have any inventory left. Where, where are you seeing, though, that it's only for 2018, though? So they actually announced, they said it was is starting, uh, hold on one sec here. I don't, yeah, I don't know so what date it starts, but it says it ends December t- uh, 31st, 2018. But it says through like that. That to me, that doesn't say that it's only for 2018. It just says those. That's what they're announcing as we speak. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it could it could go longer than that. But I mean, they were pretty. The fact that they say that it's um, hold on, it's yeah. It says beginning January 1st and through 20 uh, tw- December 31st, 2018. Now that's that's on the website we're looking at. The official Disney announcement, I believe, it just said for 2018. So and I. I just took I just took a travel agency training today and they were talking about the fact that, you know, Disney, ha- they basically straight out said that Disney's has low inventory right now on hotel rooms. I mean, they didn't come out and say that, but they pretty much said that. And I don't know. That just seems like the reason. To I me. mean, I, that, that to me, that's interesting. Now, I had this discussion with my wife, who, again, is, is not a super Disney news person. And, you know, when I told her about this, she was actually probably 
more upset about this than I've seen her upset about anything DVC. Um, and, and she thought it was ridiculous. Now, while I understand what you're saying, you know, with just the, the, the amount of rooms and the fact that a lot of things are under a refurbishment, I can buy into that if that's the case. If, you know, we see this announced for 2019, that's going to be more yeah. of a problem. Um, and, and I wonder, you know, listen, let, let's be honest. Toy Story is huge, right? Is Star Wars bigger? Yeah. I, probably, right? Way so, yeah. So the thing is, is that if they tried to pull this for Star Wars, mm, I think you were going to get a lot of really, really mad people. I, I would agree with that. And I, I just, I guess I just feel like Disney wouldn't have put out like, I feel like they just would have said, these are the new benefits. You know what I mean? Starting January 1st. I feel like they mm. wouldn't have put an end date on it if they didn't. I don't know. I think end. sometimes they stick dates on things just so that there's dates and then, you know, they can always re-up it. Kind of like what they said about the DVC lounge. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. They they had dates around that, too. They did. And they just renew that one every year. And they, like I said, they very well could renew this. I mean... Yeah, I mean, I, I if you're going to tell me it's just 2018, I'm not too upset. If it's going to go into 2019 and something they continue, that's when I think I would start to be upset. And again, I think people like my wife who are not as into DVC already kind of upset about it. I think that would kind of push them over the edge a little bit. So I, I'm willing to hold back judgment until we see what happens in 2019. Because really, let's be honest, for 2018 is, is really like it, it's... Dude, it's just a it's just a block of time before Star Wars. <laughs> that's yeah, all it is. That, I mean, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's that's totally true. And you know, it, it's funny because I uh, looking. I did. I I think on the last show that we talked about this, I did the math on this and what kind of like actual impact this was going to have, and it wasn't much. And I and now that we know the hotels, I actually went back and I did all of the math on it and figured out exactly how many. Uh, people were going to be uh, how much well, it was really going to be impacted because yeah because the other thing is is that you're going to have people staying at these good neighbor hotels that are not even going to disney exactly right and that's exactly what i i figured out and you know for the life of me i can't find it right now but you know i mean next time i go i'm i'm staying in embassy suites and i'm going to volcano bay yeah like i'm not worried about disney exactly to volcano bay man <laughs> well and it's not even that many hotel rooms it sounds like a lot but it's it's about like nine thousand hotel rooms which sounds like a lot but you're talking about people that are going to go to conventions. They're going to go. Not all those people are going to di- going to Disney. Definitely yes, not. Exactly. And and when you spread it over four parks over an entire day, the impact is super super small. It is in no way a big impact. And so that's that's kind of why I'm like, you know, eh, this isn't that big of a deal. You know, I just don't see it as being that big of an impact uh, as far as you know. Talk to me at episode thirty-five, and then I'll let you know how I really feel. <laughs> how how bad it actually gets, and see if it actually is. Uh, Again, I'm gonna I'm gonna care if it goes into 2019, but for now, I reserve judgment. Yeah, I, and, and who knows? It might. I mean, I, I have no information whether it will or not. I, I feel like I I feel like Disney's thinking that before Star Wars lands open, they're gonna ha- they're gonna have the Riviera open. They're gonna have the old Key West, uh, you know, refurbishment done. They're going to be well into the Saratoga refurbishment that they're doing. All of that stuff, they're going to be, you know, really far into it. So they'll have more inventory. Um, you know, I, I don't know, though. I, I Like I said, I really don't know. So we'll have to see. But yeah. I, I thought that was interesting. So and, and those that don't know, too, and, you know, the, you can see this. Uh, good neighbor hotels, certain ones, not all of them, because there's there's like 50 good neighbor hotels. So it's definitely not all of them. It's it's uh, I believe 15 of them, I want to say. Um so it's it's not all of them. It's sl- certain select ones. They're getting sixty day access to fast to the fast pass window, and they're getting extra magic hours. So 
But again, it's the the parks are big. You're you're talking about not that much of an impact in each one of these. Places. You know, and I'll be honest with you. I've been thinking about this extra magic hour stuff again, and um, what I've been thinking is is that you know a lot of people have been saying the following, and and again, I, I don't know if this is true or not. That that extra magic hours are are actually overcrowding those parks r- rather than than helping out. So it's almost like <clears throat> you know. Maybe what you do is if you want to, let's say, go to Pandora, don't go when there's extra magic hours, especially in the morning. You know, I'm going to, again, I'll leave night alone because I'm always asleep. And from what I understand, sometimes at night it gets okay. <laughs> but in the morning, that extra magic hours just makes the park worse. Yeah. I mean, so I've seen both ways, right? So I've I've done extra magic hours before where the parks were crazy busy. Well, well, well let's just say that you're going to rope drop. Mm-hmm. So what I've, again, and this is just all hearsay, right? Because we, we don't have numbers. We don't have confirmations and stopwatches and all of that. But hearsay says <laughs> that if you're going to rope drop, maybe you don't want to rope drop early morning magic hour parks. Yeah. I Just a thought. I No, I, I would agree with that. I think the late night ones are better um, personally because I, so I, I've done the Magic Kingdom once before where it was like, uh, te- it was like 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. Or actually, no, there was one, they used to be 10, 10 p.m. To, to 2 a.m. And so I had decided I was going to, we were going to do that one time. So the fireworks ended, at the, as, me, as soon as the fireworks ended, we went straight to Seven Dwarves and we got on Seven Dwarves within like 20 minutes. And then we went on... And then you realized how bad the ride sucks. No, no that ride is great. It's so much fun, especially at night. It's fun. Um, but All then, 20 seconds of it? It is not 20 <laughs> seconds. But anyway, so we went over to Big Thunder after that. We rode Big Thunder Mountain like maybe four times, yeah. in, like just in a row. Like, And it was so much... Everyone was kind of having a, like, you know, yelling and having a good time. It was it was a lot of fun. And then we did, uh, we did Peter Pan. It took us like 15 minutes on Peter Pan. Um, we did. I mean, we we probably in the span of like those like three and a half hours, probably went on ten things. I mean, it, yeah. it was it, it, so it was totally worth it for that time when mm-hmm. we did it at late night because a lot of times, and I actually always joke with people when we did it that night that it was like almost like a zombie apocalypse uh, apoc- apocalypse hap- happened in, at Disney World because there was like literally nobody around. It was dead. Yeah. We're like we were standing in Fantasyland and like you couldn't. There was nobody on the sidewalk, and it was like this is weird. But also really cool, right? It felt really cool to be there at one o'clock in the morning and doing that. So, I, I, I've seen it both ways. We we've done the early ones before where it's been busy too. Uh, I, I I just think it's one of those things where kind of like what you're saying, kind of validating what you're saying, where people will think to themselves, okay, let's go to the, during the ad, extra magic hours because not a lot of people will be there then, and then everybody ends up going right. So yeah. kind of defeats the purpose of it. Um, but I'd rather rope drop anyway. So. I mean, that's true. Although the early morning magic hours, you got to be there really early to rope drop those things. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. That's why I almost think it's not worth it for the twofold reason. One, you got to get up really early. Yep. I, I mean, we listen. We rope drop Pandora. We were not there that early. We were there at seven something. We were good. Right? That's early like, for me. <laughs> yeah, we were. Fine. Well, that's the thing. I think you have to pick and choose, right? You can't go one in the morning and then six o'clock in the morning. Right? Like, yeah, no. I mean, you yeah. can, but like that's not that's not a vacation anymore. That's a job. <laughs> yeah, that's that would be tiring. That would yes. require a midday nap. Yes. <laughs> but I, yeah, no, I know what you mean. I I, I just don't think this is going to have as much of an impact as people think it is. When you really break it down, yes, yeah. it adds maybe. I think I figured out in Magic Kingdom it adds like twenty per, people per hour per per. Uh, de- per ride, so like twenty total people per de- per hour per ride, 
I mean, it's not it's not a lot, and that's yeah. a, and that's we're really conservative numbers, by the way. I I, I think it's way less than that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think it's that bad. No. I was actually kind of hoping to have Trevor on for this one, but that's okay. Uh, we we're missing Trevor today, but we'll have him back next week. But uh, something just two, came out. two weeks from now. Remember? Yes, that, that's. I'm sorry. Tom next, doesn't even know when we release our. I show. mean, next I show. That. Let's say next <laughs> show. I used <laughs> the wrong term. <laughs> uh, so Disney World annual pass holders are losing their 20 percent discount on some restaurants, but instead gaining a 10 percent discount <laughs> and expanding to more restaurants. Yeah, this is a tough one, right? Because I, I've never had an annual pass. Yeah, so it doesn't really but, affect either one. I, I have. It, it before, doesn't but. affect us, but but you know, thinking about it as I like to do, yeah, I can see where this is a bigger deal um, in general because what's happening is, is you're, yes, you're expanding the ten percent discount to more restaurants, but I think most people that were annual pass holders were probably utilizing the specific restaurants for the twenty percent. And again, if you're an annual pass holder, you're there a lot, so. You know, a ten percent change over the course of a you know a year is going to add up to a lot of money. You you can't think about it. And I'm only thinking about if I was an annual pass holder versus you know somebody else. You know that maybe doesn't think about it like this. But for me, if when I do. You know, I would go to whatever places had a 20% discount. The kids would be like, hey, I really want to go there. No, you don't, because I can get 20% here. So we're not going there. And if, if you think about it in those terms, or even if, you know, you're two people that don't have kids, if you start to add that op- up over the course of a year and you go every once in a while, man, that turns into a lot of loot. It does. It does. And, you know, I agree with you on that. And, and I think this is where you get I feel like this is where all of a sudden tables in Wonderland becomes kind of a, a, a important thing to do. But that's all is that per trip tables in Wonderland or not? No, that's that's a that's an annual that's an annual. And what's the cost of that again? So that's hundred and fifty dollars for to add on, but you get twenty percent off all food and beverage purchases at certain Disney restaurants. And is that across all parks that there's restaurants, or only in Epcot? Yeah, no, it's a it's a fair it's a fair amount of the uh, of the restaurants that offer it. So, and uh, I think what what the AP people would say is, "Hey, I already had that, <laughs> right?" Like, yeah, no, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, the the nice thing about tables in Wonderland, though, it is it is valid for uh, up to ten people. So, like, so all the people in your party could get the discount together. You know, whereas with AP cards, I don't think you could do that. You might be able to. I, I've had a hard time getting my DVC discount for other people in my party that are non-DVC. I've asked, and they'll like they'll you know go like, okay, we'll do it for you this time. But you know, it, and and for tables in Wonderland, you could do it for for everybody there. So, but I mean, I'm just yeah. looking at the list of restaurants here. Pretty much, I mean, I mean I, most I of the main so. restaurants except tables in Wonderland. So all over the the resort. So I what basically I, I feel like this makes tables in wonderland a lot more valuable you know by by getting rid of that 20 percent discount and having the 10 percent because now everyone's going to want to do the tables uh, in I, I guess i again i just see annual pass holders being a little upset about this and, and right oh i could so. see them being upset too for sure <laughs> I, I mean i probably wouldn't be happy about it either i, I think this is something we should and you know what what trevor's an annual pass holder now so we'll have to uh but you know what here's the thing like for somebody like trevor it probably doesn't impact him enough but again like I, I think that like if I go I, I budget out $300 a day for food mm-hmm. right so yeah. if I'm hitting up a 7 day trip $2100 right you're telling me 10 bucks I'm not an annual pass holder but let's just say I was 
I mean, I mean, it cost me a couple hundred dollars a trip. Well, Two trips, there's four hundred bucks. I don't know. Well, yeah, no, and and if I did nice ten trips, is- then all of a sudden, right, I'd be really, <laughs> then you're really talking a lot of money, then you're talking thousands of dollars. Now there, but there are some upsides, you know, along with the downsides to Tables in Wonderland. Like if you go to valet park at a restaurant, uh, they they will waive the valet parking fee. What uh, valet parking am I doing? I'm, I'm I mean, a DVC member staying in Disneyland. Well, yeah, I mean, but if you're a Florida resident, you know, maybe you're driving to go to one. Just just maybe one night you feel like, oh, I want to go to dinner at a... I don't even know where. But but don't <laughs> so, they get free parking anyway? Um, they do, but this is val- valet parking. So. Come on, stop with that. <laughs> stop. Well, you that, know... That, that, that doesn't help anybody. I, I know, I know. Because then I got to <laughs> tip that person anyway, right? Yes. Okay, so... Well, and they do also. There, there is a force gratuity of of eighteen percent with all tables in Wonderland too. So, I mean, I, I don't mind that because I tip twenty percent anyway, so that's I, fine. Exactly. Actually, when I'm in Disney, I, I for whatever reason I go tip crazy. Like I, I tip like thirty percent. Like if they're oh, good, I mean, if they're not good, I don't. That's but. crazy talk. That's crazy talk. But. I'm out of control. All right, um, <laughs> let's go on to our attractions. <laughs> let's, let's we'll, move, let's we'll move revisit on. that again with Trevor. Yeah, we could talk about that because I although, but it won't matter much for Trevor anyway because he's got the DVC discount. So, I mean, it's it's pretty is the much, DVC discount twenty percent though? Uh, it depends on the restaurant. They, are there still like some that are twenty? I think there's a couple that are. Oh, I, I don't, don't know if know. they've updated any of those. I'd have to look. That's um, what we need Trevor for. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's it's a it's a long list of these things. So, and they update them all the time. But I believe there's some. Usually, they're ten to ten to twenty percent. I believe there's a couple that are twenty. Uh, so co- correct me if I'm wrong out there. That's okay. So uh, a couple other things here, uh, some attraction updates. Uh, Toy Story Midway Mania closing their third track temporarily, That's as well be as brutal. It's it really is going to be brutal. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, everyone that went from two tracks to three tracks, like oh, yeah. you have to understand that Toy Story Mania, Midway Mania was the same as you know. Um, Pandora, as yeah, it's Flight of Passage, yeah. yeah. Like there was five hour waits on that bad boy, and I mean it's a great ride. I, I it's one of my favorites. one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. And and so those that don't know, there was only two tracks to start out with. They opened a third track in the building next door to it, um, but for Toy Story, I think Story they lost Land, Potato Man though. Potato Head, they did. But I'm hoping they That's bring him back. I, I haven't seen anything about that. I'm ah, hoping he comes back. Mr. Potato Head was the best man. He was awesome. He probably sure. broke all the time. They're like the Yeti. Yeah, exactly. It was a very complicated animatronic. So. But it was awesome. <laughs> it was. It was really cool. If you got to see the Mr. Potato Head while you were online, it's it was, no, it's no Pandora uh, shaman, but yeah, that's true. But I mean, it was, it was like he was alive. I mean, it was pretty cool. Or really but, frozen at that point. Frozen, really good too, but <laughs> anyway. frozen was amazing too. Um, but but so what they're doing is they're they're moving the entrance to Toy Story Midway Mania to Toy Story Land. So it's going to be kind of it's basically flipping sides of the building. And in order to do that, they need to close down those tracks to do whatever whatever refurbishment they're going to do to make that happen. Now I, I'm not going to pretend to know how that's going to all work out, but uh, but that's what they're doing is they built a new entrance for it in Toy Story Land, and so they're going to move it over there. Uh, and and so this is kind of in preparation for that. So they're going to close the third track temporarily. They're going to close the original tracks kind of periodically as they move as they prepare to to do uh, more. Imagine construction. being there on a day that's closed. Oh my gosh! I mean, because there's there's so few attractions left at Hollywood Studios right now while that they redo true. that park. Oh gosh, that would be, be brutal. Yeah, 
There, and there's been no schedule announced. We'd love to tell you when it's going to be closed, but they have not said when it's going to be closed. Like that's going to like, yeah, I, I, I might, I might, that might be a trip canceller for me, honestly. <laughs> well, I, I mean, who knows though? It's it, there's no way to know when it's actually going to. I just happen. booked my DV, my next trip. I'm when in did June. You book for? When'd you book for? June? Uh, uh, yeah, June. Where are you saying? Animal Kingdom. Oh man, I love Animal Kingdom. I hate Animal Kingdom. What? Yeah, I don't like it. You don't like the resort, or you just don't like Animal Kingdom? Oh, the resort. Uh, why don't you like the resort? Because the food's horrible. I, oh, well, because it's like adventurous food. That's <laughs> yeah. I don't want adventurous food. I want. But what about the, the hotel itself, though? Like you know, going out on your porch and it's seeing okay. a giraffe and you know a, a zebra. I, again, I'm I'm trying to go as cheap as possible. There, I was like, is there is there a view better, worse than the value view? Is there like a basement view? I'll take that. <laughs> There's the parking lot view. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll take that. the basement view. I'll yeah. take the no window view. <laughs> so no, I, uh, I, 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 I don't know what happened. This is see, again. This is interesting. I don't know if other DVC members have this problem. Probably not. But I was like, oh my goodness, I have a lot of bank points. Like, where the heck are all these points coming from? So I think <laughs> I've never I, had that problem. I use all yeah, my points. Yeah, <laughs> no. We and again, you, you know, like we travel there regularly. Let's not get crazy. Like we we go twice a year. I don't know how I go twice a year on a hundred and. What do I even have? 170 points. I don't know how that happens, but I do. Um, huh. I, I think it's all related to the fact that when I bought that first contract, I got the double points because of when uh, I happened to buy that time of the year. And I don't know. We're actually, we've already decided we are going to do a cruise with points. Whoa. Send all, send all the hate. We're going to do a, like a three day <laughs> cruise with points, I think. Wait, so are you, are you going to, you're actually going to use the points to get the cruise or yep. you're going to, oh, wow. Yeah. I heard somebody so you know you always find you know Disney people in the most interesting places and I happened to be renting my storage unit and um the guy that is the manager at the storage unit place happened to see something I I don't remember if I had something on it was definitely was not a DVC one of the ugly hats cuz that would have been horrible I think it might have been my Ellen's Adventure um awesome you know extinct <laughs> shirt and um he had said something to me and I was like, oh yeah. And he is like a Disney cruise savant. So he must Disney cruise like once or twice a year. And we happened to be kind of chatting about it. And he was saying that he's heard recently that the math is not, this is not that far off and it may actually be beneficial at this point based on what you bought your points at. Right. Cause remember like everyone does the math about points and selling and this and that. But a lot of it has to do with, like Nick was saying, is, you know, how, when did you buy your points and what did you buy them at, right? Yeah. Because the point value for the cruise really doesn't change. So if you bought your points at, let's say, I'm uh, making up numbers here, everybody, you know, 85 points versus 200, well, yeah, you know, 175 points for a cruise is at a different level for each one of those people. So he was saying that it might not be that bad of a, you know, use of your points anymore as hmm. as most people think. It might it might be one of those, you know, things that started that way but is not that way anymore. But yes, I I've already booked it. So we are going to Animal Kingdom. Um but Toy Story Land should be open in June, so I, I should be safe. I yeah, safe. you should be safe actually. Are you- are you going during one of the uh, Moonlight Magics, or are you, you not going? I, I think you said we, on the last show yeah, you I were, think, right? Yeah, I think it's Typhoon Lagoon, though, I think. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I don't think I'll do it. Dude, that stuff <laughs> is too late for me, man. It's too late at night, I know. <laughs> it's too late at night. I ruined my whole trip. And actually, from from what I understand, where this trip is going to be 
a little bit more relaxed. I mean, I was just there in August, so I think it's going to be a little more relaxed. And even my friends that are going, it's going to be a little more relaxed. And um, I don't think I'm going to buy my tickets till I get there. How's that? What, like at the window? I might do it right at the window. Oh, my gosh. Well, actually, I don't think I'll do it at the window. I think I'll do it at the park. Trevor at the... is somewhere having a heart attack. Right <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'll actually do them at the um, at the hotel. But, you know, what I kind of was thinking is everyone's like, oh, how can you do that? You don't get your fast passes. I don't need fast passes. What do I need to fast pass? So let's think job. about it, right? All right. I'm already getting my like 18 million, well, I think I'm getting 15 fast passes based on talking to a DVC member on the cruise. Okay. So they can't be used at um, Pandora and they can't be used at um, Dwarf Mine Ride, right? Okay. That ride sucks anyway. No one cares about that ride. <laughs> Lots of people do. It's always a long line. The ride sucks. So don't really care about that. And Pandora will rope drop. So I don't, I don't think I'm going to give Disney my money for you know six months to hold on to while I do tickets this time. And I can't obviously use them at Toy Story when it is announced. Now, that's the tough one. You know, like, what will I do? I'm just gonna, uh, dude. I'm Mr. Rope Drop. If you know, if I if I have a nickname on this podcast, I am just gonna be Mr. Mr. Rope Drop <laughs> because I, I don't really care anymore. Like, Frozen will be great to see. Like, I I got that. You know, the the four leaf clover. Like, I'll get on rides I want to get on. I'm not all that worried. It will well, all it, work out. <laughs> you know, it's funny, and you probably remember this when Toy Story first opened. When they at Rope Drop, they used to walk people over to the ride. Like the people operating the ride used to slowly walk people to the ride because people would like trample each other to get there. No, I was in trample time. So, you, were, you were you were during tra- you were before oh, the safety dude, measures. I was before the safety measure, and you know what I remember too? It was like this. This is how we used to do Toy Story Mania. All right, we used to. I used to rope drop with my family. I would run to the fast pass thing with all their tickets. We'd be like, we'd get in and I'd be like, yo, I'm off. And I'd run and use, you know, because when you got the paper fast passes, you had to put your ticket in, but you could just take everyone's ticket with you. You could put everyone's ticket in, get a fast pass, and then meet them on the front of the line. So ride it and then ride it again sometime later in the day because I fast pass it. (laughs) That's how we used to do it. See, we, I mean, we would do the same except without the running part and the, you know, we'd schedule ahead of time and then go and rope drop it, well, ride it once or I, twice. I used to do like speed walking because again, I also, I also am the sort of person that thinks running in the park is ridiculous. So yes. I, I will go back and say I would speed walk it, right? Because there's, <laughs> there's a safe way to speed walk. Of course. Right. You know, you just kind of got to like, it's like a video game a little bit, like a little game of Frogger, but you know, you can do it without making anyone upset and anyone's hurt feelings. So that's what I used to do. And again, my mom's disabled. So <clears throat> when we would go with them, you know, I, I can't wait for that electric wheelchair to be rolling, right? Like I, I couldn't wait for that. So I just take everyone's ticket to be like, I'll meet you over there. I'll just, I'll just meet you there. Yeah, exactly. So that's how I, we used to do that. I know what you mean. Well, later on they made it so you had to, they were walking everybody over there. So, okay. <laughs> which yeah. So just to be safe, I guess, cause I'm sure somebody got trampled at some point. So I'm sure. we are, we are way off the rails here as, as per usual, but <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, cause that's- he, he, you know, you know why I did that though? Cause I don't really care about the rest of the stuff. Uh, well, I, truthfully, truth be told, I don't particularly care that after 22 years at Epcot, uh, Circle of Life and Environmental Fable at the Land is closing um, on February 3rd. I'm not going to lie. I walked by that thing a million times and I've never gone into it. <laughs> cool. So we're done with that topic. Next. Yeah. Well, the, the interesting. Well, hold on. The interesting thing about it is it could be related to a new Epcot pavilion. 
And so the reason why, it's kind of a domino effect. So uh, right now, basically, the there's like an arts program where uh, it's like an education program where Disney has like a trailer out back where they teach kids things and, and stuff like that. And so basically all that is going to move into this theater. No one wants to be taught things on vacation. So, well, I know. Well, I, I think it's for local. I think it's more local kids. Okay. And stuff like that. Um, and like schools and things like that. And so they're going to move that from the trailer that's in the in backstage area to to uh to this uh this theater and get rid of the the circle life thing so the thought is that that might be you know in preparation for getting rid of that trailer completely and putting a new pavilion in there but who knows that's complete rumor at this point but so uh those of you that love circle of life and environmental fable at the land pavilion uh you know get there before february 3rd because it will be gone forever i know there's so many fans of that one so (laughs) that's super popular um anyway you don't you don't find this rumor to be interesting is so, it happening at Disneyland? Yeah, but it could. Then I don't have, care. But it could have impacts elsewhere. So no, it doesn't. That's it could. a lie. So Disney uh, is possibly. This is a rumor. This is in our rumor category because you know we always love to do rumors at the end. So Disney is possibly creating living Cars characters for Cars Land, <sighs> and so basically, why are you sighing? <laughs> Nobody cares. It's in Disneyland. Oh, it's so cool. <laughs> I mean, but what if they did stuff like that? I mean, they're going to do stuff like that for Star Wars Land. I mean, they're going to have living characters in the well, park. So. When, it, when, when it's about Star Wars, let me know. Then okay, I'll well, care. Okay, fair enough. But a, a Disney audition post, uh, posting claims that it's looking for male and female individuals who are outgoing, energetic, enthusiastic to bring life to the citizens of Cars Land. The, the required skills are getting in and out of float vehicles repeatedly and being between 5'2 and 5'8 and a clean driving record. That sounds to me like they're going to be driving floats around and talking to people. I don't know. <laughs> That's that sounds pretty obvious i guess but i i don't know i think it's a really neat idea especially for the immersion and for you know being part of the land if they're going to be doing these types of things but i know you're not you don't care either way but i I think when they bring this to uh these types of things to star wars land it's going to be very cool i'll care then yep then you'll care about it (laughs) yeah well i mean they already kind of do some of this stuff at disney world they have that robot that's floating around uh Tomorrowland uh, recently, and I, I can't remember his name right now. This would be good for Trevor because he would pull that name out of nowhere. But um, there's a robot that this, that's been walking, uh, uh, not walking, but kind of rolling around Tomorrowland. Uh, you know, there's it's some of that like streetmosphere type of stuff that I really like. But All anyway, right, well, uh, so so let's talk about something topical for a second. Okay, has any have you seen the post of the Slinky? Uh, the ride test. Yes. Yes. Okay. It's very it's very dark, and you can't really see anything. <laughs> yep, you're just you're probably commenting on how slow it looks. It looks stupid. I, but and and here's the other thing. So from what we've seen, there's no slinky effect going on. No, it is. Not. This is this is stupid. I mean, you you felt that way though about Pandora before you went, and you you came out liking it though. So I told you, Flight of the Passage was dumb. Yeah, but you liked you liked. Uh, I like uh, Navi River, River Ride. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. was awesome. Yeah. So I mean, you know, you don't you never know. It could be great. I mean, it's. But we've seen know. it. I didn't see Navi River Ride before I went, so I was making an assumption. This I've, now I've seen this, and it looks dumb. There's no yeah, if, it, let me slinky. If I can't slinky, then, then why <laughs> is it Slinky Dog Ride? It should have been Rex's rough and tumble ride, or maybe you, maybe they couldn't make that work. Mister Potato Head's awesome ride. Well, it's also it just kind of makes sense though, right? Because the Slinky Dog is shaped like a roller coaster train, so I think it just kind of he's, he's shaped like a roller coaster. A Slinky is shaped like a roller yeah, coaster. That's it's what, long and straight. I mean, well, not straight necessarily, but you know, how is a Slinky shaped like a roller coaster? I don't mean like the spirally part. I mean it's just you know if you stretch out a Slinky, it's straight like a roller coaster would be. 
I don't know. You not you don't know what I mean? I, I'm not buying into that. You mean a straight just, line as a roller coaster? Like I, I don't understand. No, but I mean, I, you know, I, I guess you could have made it whatever. But I mean, I I don't know. I it just makes sense to me, kind of the the way the character. If is it was and, if it was Slinky Ing, that would be awesome. If there was some sort of Slinky aspect to it, yeah, I would agree with that. Like it would have been kind of cool if it, you know, like how in the movie where like you see Slinky Dog and all of a sudden his butt's in three rooms over and it's got to run to catch up with his head. All <laughs> yeah. right, cool. Like sign me up. Like then that's awesome. This is the Barnstormer with different theming. Well, and that's we stupid. We only saw one little part of it though. Maybe it does. I didn't see it slinking, and I don't I'm think sure it's only going to slinky for certain parts of it. Now that would be awesome, but you see the cars and the cars don't look like they can slinky. That's true. That's true. I mean, I, I, I was I was a little disappointed in that. I have to say, yeah. Um, but it was it was kind of taller than I thought it would be. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a decent. I mean, it's a big roller. It goes across the entire land, uh, and and you know, it's it's definitely going to have a launch to it because it doesn't have a lift hill. So it kind of and it weaves in and out of the land, and it looks really cool. I don't know. I think it looks really cool. I'm excited about it. But you know, maybe once you see it in person, it'll it'll look a little. And what else is going to be there? It's gonna, uh, is there going to be that? Is there, it, it, I feel like is this is this real that there's going to be like a, a claw ride based on the Ratatouille technology, or am I just making that up now? Yeah. So basically, it's it's uh, the, you're the the little aliens from Toy Story. Yeah, that and, that, that sounds interesting. I, yeah, I can get on so, board with that. Yeah, it's the trackless technology, and it kind of the the cars you kind of don't know where they're gonna where they're gonna go because there's no there's no track obviously and i guess the claw is going to be looming over your head and you know possibly you know coming towards you and stuff like that so that's kind of seems like what that's going to be i mean they, they haven't given a ton of details about it but that's that's what they've said basically is what it is so that should be yeah, neat should be because thank you ride super disappointing so far. <laughs> save your super judgment for when you go on it <laughs> maybe i don't even go on it maybe i don't oh, you even, gotta go maybe it's not it. even worth it i think it will be all right. All right. Let's wrap Anything this up. Anything else you want to talk tired. about? We can wrap this nope. thing up. Let's, nope. let's wrap this thing up. It's getting late. Past your bedtime. <laughs> yeah, it's 9.02. It's it is past my bedtime. All right. Let's see. I mentioned the email address. Welcomehomepodcast at gmail.com. Email us questions. You know, you can always email us how wrong Tom is. I like that. Um, I'm always how, right, though. So they, I, that's why we get no emails about it. <laughs> email us how much you miss Trevor. A lot of things you could email us. Um, email us if you don't like the show. If there's anything you hate that we can correct. You, know, you can always email us that too. Maybe we'll we'll take that into consideration. Um, Maybe. Like I said, not even going to mention the website anymore because until we feel like we're going to update it all the time, it's worthless. But <laughs> let's see, questions, questions, questions. We always want questions. So if you have questions that we can answer or not answer or argue about or whatever, you can send us those as well. Let's see, Facebook. Please like Facebook. It's a little disappointing. I think we have more listeners. Than Facebook likes far more listeners than Facebook. Yeah, likes. <laughs> and that kind of hurts our feelings a little bit. Listen, here's By like the a thing. multiple of like ten. <laughs> here's the thing: you can like our Facebook and then not follow us. That's okay. Then you don't yeah. have to get all of Tom's updates. That's fine. We would be okay <laughs> with that. But like the Facebook page, please. Uh, Twitter at Welcome Home Pod. Whoever uses Twitter still, I actually do, so I can't complain. Um, and then Instagram, which I won't even mention because we rarely use it. <clears throat> the bigger <laughs> thing is ask for reviews on iTunes. We like those. I found the reviews hysterical to read. <laughs> um, so please read them, laugh a little bit, 
and then add your own. That would be great. We do. Re- we, I read those reviews and and do find it funny when they make fun of us. So yeah, so <laughs> I, I'm I'm okay with that too. Um, and then I'm going to hand it back out to Tom. All right. Well, don't forget to subscribe to Welcome Home Podcast so you can be reminded every time we release a new episode. Uh, you know, basically when we put an episode out, it'll pop up on your phone that new Welcome Home is available and you can go listen to it right away. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, just about any place that you can find podcasts. We are there. Uh, and just a reminder to our listeners, as always, uh, Welcome Home Podcast is for entertainment only. We are not employed by the Walt Disney Company. And as such, any opinion we express on this show is our own. Uh, so please consult with a DVC representative for more information, a cast member, call up Disney, you know, talk to somebody uh, to confirm this information in case it sounds, you know, a little bit weird. Because we are not always right. We try to be, but... Uh, we don't try that hard, but <laughs> when Trevor's here, we try like fifty percent. When Trevor's hard, yeah, that's true. When Trevor's here, we, we he keeps us honest, so uh, we we can't wait to have Trevor back on the next episode. So, but you can find me on PrinceCharmingVacations dot com for Disney planning needs and Damon. Well, you can find me on BSC Kids, um, but some interesting news: I, I may be doing something with you know some DVC stuff on YouTube. So stay tuned. It's we'll, we'll a little hint. I'm. I'm, I'm kind of trying to mesh it all out in my head so all right uh, well stay stay tuned tuned for for that that, then (laughs) and uh please make sure that you visit nick's website for uh information about dvc resale nick was uh, kind enough to join us today and and offer his expertise on dvc uh resale and you know great guy really reputable company to work with it's they're the best that's out there um so it's dvcresellemarket.com um and also dvc resale market on facebook as well uh, and, and you can reach out to them if you want to uh, either sell your, your DVC or if you want to buy more, add-on. Uh, reach out to DVC Resale Market. That's the way to go. And uh, Nick is uh, going to take good care of you. So uh, join us next time for more Disney Parks discussion. Of course, more DVC talk. We hope to see you all real soon. This is Skipper Albert Awal, the voice of the jungle, signing off from Welcome Home Podcast on the DVC. We do a huddle when we hit a chair. How she can cuddle is no man's affair. I looked around from pole to pole, found her in a sugar bowl.